Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, July 13, 2021. Edsel B. Ford II spent 28 years working for Ford Motor Company and 33 years as a member of its board. He was aged out of his role as director this year, so he's technically retired from the company founded by his great-grandfather. But he told Automotive News reporter Michael Martinez he doesn't feel like his career is over. Not at all. He has continued to be an ambassador for the company, especially with the racing community and dealers, key constituencies with which he has long thrived. Early on, the son of Henry Ford II, almost a decade older than his cousin Billy, naturally assumed he would rise to lead the company. But Billy went on to get his MBA from MIT, he forged strong relationships with the UAW, and ultimately the board chose him as its chairman. Such was Edsel's fate but he remained an important and steadfast pillar of the company's edifice. I asked Mike Martinez to come on Daily Drive today to tell us about his very rare interview with Edsel Ford, in which he looked back on his life from being the son of a legendary businessman and throughout his career in the auto industry. We reached Mike at his home office in Detroit. Michael Martinez, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. Mike, you had this great... uh, story, a really uh, nice yarn in uh, this week's paper. You got to sit down with Edsel Ford and interview him. And as you noted in the, in the story, it's, it's, that's a pretty rare thing. I, I've been in Detroit covering uh, the auto industry for a little more than two decades now, and I, I really can't recall an extended interview that Edsel Ford has given. Well, I think that's true, at least in the case of you know the business side of things about Ford Motor Company. I know he's done some recent interviews with some NASCAR awards and, you know, honors he's been given alongside uh, in the racing community and uh, talked to him in the past over the phone for a couple of stories here and there for a, a quote or two, but never really had this chance to sit down and reflect. And it was a really cool opportunity to be able to do that amongst his treasures and his private garage out here in Metro Detroit. Okay. Well, so let's, let's dive into that. What, Tell us a little about his garage. What, what is that like? Well, it was pretty cool from somebody who will probably never have the opportunity to have anything like that, uh, to just see, you know, the neat cars. There were about a dozen cars there. Had an 06 GT, had classic Broncos and Thunderbirds and Aston Martins and some Shelby GT500s. And to be honest with you, Jamie, the stuff on the walls was almost cooler than the stuff, you know, on the floor. Just the type of you know, one of a kind artworks he's had commissioned or signed racing suits from Helio Castro Neves or Jeff Gordon or Joey Logano, all, all these famous names in the racing motorsports community, signed hoods of cars, a really neat collection of memorabilia and memories that he's amassed throughout the years. Yeah, you said uh, he's, you know, he's known as the the godfather of Ford racing. How did, how did he get into that role? How did that become his, uh, his place in sort of the the family business? Well, he's always been drawn to the motorsports, even as uh, a child, as a teenager, famous 
race at Le Mans in France in 1966 where Ford beat Ferrari. They've made the movies about it. Uh, he was there with his dad, Henry Ford II, and there's a photo of them there. That was sort of his first big memory. He's fallen in love with motorsports ever since. He really was instrumental in making sure that Ford Motor Company had factory-backed programs and that whole you know win on Sunday, sell on Monday mentality that it benefited the company to be involved, to be successful in motorsports. He was, he's been the biggest cheerleader. And, you know, fast forward 50 years later in 2016, back at Loma, he's back there on the podium again as Ford makes history and wins. He's there this time with his cousin, Bill. And, you know, he's been at countless races, you know, NASCAR, every type of, you know, series. He's been a big champion for Ford in that regard. I suppose maybe not so much with Ford, but it does seem like over over the years, there are questions, especially during harder economic times, you know, companies have to really decide if it's worth it to stay in that racing part of the business. Can you sell enough on Monday to justify all the expenses of running the programs on Sunday and all the other days that they spend money? Exactly. And, you know, you, you talk about not only the exposure benefit, you know, the fans seeing what your company can do, but also Ford's used its motorsports division to test a lot of stuff that have made it into production vehicles, whether it's the GT or the Mustangs, the Fusions they used to race, you know, there'd be stuff under the hood that we didn't quite realize at the time, but were prototype engines, prototype parts, uh, suspension parts that ultimately made it into high level uh, production vehicles that people are probably having their garage today. <laughs> you referenced that iconic photo of Edsel, uh, young Edsel, the teenager, uh, with his father, Hank the Deuce, uh, at Le Mans. And uh, he talks some about, you know, how about growing up as <laughs> Henry, as the son of Henry Ford uh, II. And it sounds like it was, it was really challenging. You know, of course, you know, Hank the Deuce was um, such a larger than life figure, um, but he really, I mean, he had one of the biggest jobs, you know, in the world. You know, General Motors was the world's biggest company and Ford was the second largest uh, for for so long. Um, and he just describes it. It sounds like, you know, the job was so all consuming. There wasn't a whole lot of time left for for family. Exactly. And to your point, he was running hugely important enterprise but also even journalism back then was different right you had all these gossip pages and and you know he was treated like a like detroit royalty like a celebrity so he was in the news constantly in the spotlight constantly running around all the time so edsel told us that he really cherished those times that he could be with his father he said he doesn't remember loma for its historical significance to ford motor company he remembers it because he got to hang out with his dad you know, they would go to Lions games on the weekends. They would go hunting. He said his father was a big hunter and he cherished those moments when he wasn't, you know, sitting behind a desk making calls. He talked about on the weekends, he'd see him Friday night walk in and wouldn't see him until breakfast on Sunday because he'd walk in his room with his briefcase, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that can be challenging. And you see how it shaped Edsel's life. He said he's tried to be there for his children, do the same sort of things, right? Go to Lions games watch some football on a Sunday and not make it a, a work thing. Don't bring a business partner. Don't bring somebody you can network with, bring your kids and watch football. 
Here's a clip of Edsel Ford from Michael's exclusive interview. My father was very busy, so he wasn't, you know, if you had to write down, you know, what are the top 10 things you should do as a father? You know, he didn't go to baseball games. He didn't, you know, because you know, he was running forward. So my opportunity to be with him um, on these special occasions was, um, was, you know, unbelievably exciting for me. So I look forward to the, to the, the Lions football games. I enjoyed the hunting outings with them. I enjoyed being with them. Um, you know, and we, we got along just fine. Um, and, and it got a lot better when I started to work for the company because then we had common things to talk about. And I think he liked that. I, I know I liked it. We'll have more with Michael Martinez after this. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. But he also made time to actually go to his kids' you know, soccer games uh, and things, as Bill Ford, his, his cousin, has done. Uh, For sure. And, uh, and I don't think that's unusual in in this era, but certainly was not probably the way they were raised uh, in a in a different generation. Definitely. So, of course, along with racing, the other thing that Edsel is really known for, uh, you know, in auto industry circles, is his uh, you know connections to the Ford dealers. Uh, and so, how did that come about? Well. You know, throughout his tenure as an employee at Ford, I believe 24 years working in various roles, he did a lot in marketing, sales, and service. So naturally, the type of positions that you would interact with the retailers a lot, get their take on things. He talked a lot about his fond memories about making special edition vehicles, you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand, you know, Eddie Bauer Bronco twos. He talked about when he went to Australia, they had a, a glut of two-door Falcon sedans just sitting, not being sold. And in order to get them sold, he just painted them white with blue racing stripes and called them Cobras, right? Made a special edition out of the air, essentially. And, and they started to sell. So he met the dealers early on sort of working with, you know, what sold, what 
they needed out of the business. And that obviously took a, a different turn when he became head of Ford Credit in the 90s. And he said it gave him a whole new appreciation for the dealers as their customers, as their partners, you know, running Ford Credit, essentially loaning them money. He said they could go to any bank, right? They didn't have to come to us. They obviously had to get their vehicles from us, but they could get their money anywhere else. So we wanted to really make the credit business attractive and, and be partners with them so we could earn their business and keep things rolling. So he's worked with the dealers throughout his career. I think later on, a lot of our audience will know the annual Salute to Dealers Awards Banquet at NADA that he spearheaded for a lot of years. And then a few years ago, stepped down, Henry Ford III ran that before he's since left uh, as a company employee. That really put a spotlight on some of the dealers, uh, their charitable efforts. And people maybe we don't know about or don't talk about even in the pages of automotive news to, to give them a platform and give them some kudos for the good work they're doing in their communities. It was interesting to me reading your piece, how, you know, he had had that success in Australia working with dealers, but he still kind of took them for granted until, until he got the Ford credit job and really, really appreciated that, that they were very strong independent business people who, you know, had a family business just like just like the Fords did, uh, maybe a different scale, but uh, they, you know, are are proud important business partners. And uh, and it was it was interesting that he was still you know learning, and uh, and adapting, and how he really took that to heart. Definitely, he seemed very honest in his own career about the fact that hey, I didn't know this side of the business, right? This credit side of the business that well until I was thrown the role and I worked hard and. I'd, tried to learn about it. And, you know, I, I thought that was refreshing to hear, right? Maybe some challenges he's had. He admitted he's probably said or done things along the way that, you know, weren't popular at the time, but he, he has no regrets. Ultimately, he's proud of what he did. He's proud of the work he did for his family's company throughout all those years. And you could tell, you could sort of watch that journey and what he was learning at the time and how that affected uh, the job performance. Yeah. You know, I'm sure as the son of Hank the Deuce, you know, he assumed he would be in that role himself. But as history turned out, you know, he and uh, Bill Ford joined the board at the same time. Uh, Bill was assigned, you know, one of his formative experiences, of course, was working in labor relations. Uh, you know, it was probably closer on the industrial side than to the dealers. Uh, and it worked out that that Bill became the chairman and uh, and Edsel stayed as a, a board member until until this year. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I looked back through some clippings and some files that we have, and yeah, it was very much assumed that he would end up following in his father's footsteps leading the company. He was older. He is older than Bill. He's the only son of Henry Ford II. And he was sort of on that track, and early on in his career, you can read some old articles where he said, yes, I... I do, in a sense, think I'm being groomed. I think, you know, I, I would like to have a leadership position, run the company. And you can see as he matured throughout his career, he kind of backed off those proclamations that he made early on. And there was a great quote, uh, I think in the 80s, after he was back from Australia, he said, well, you know, I think it's up to the gods, right? I, I've given up worrying about what my next job is going to be. I'm going to put my head down and sort of see where it takes me. So he backed off from those 
proclamations. I'm not quite sure what changed. That's one area he didn't want to delve too deeply into when we talked, although he did make a point of saying he has absolutely no regrets with how his career evolved, ultimately stepping away after the Ford credit roll from the company. He went on to do a number of things, huge uh, philanthropic efforts. He worked a lot in the city of Detroit for one of its anniversaries recently. Pentastar Aviation, he still runs that. Uh, he was on the board of Chicago Federal Reserve. So he's had a whole career beyond Ford Motor Company. And he said he has no regrets. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he's, of course, um, this is a pretty good time for the auto industry and a, and not a bad time for Ford Motor Company. The stock is up. Uh, he, you know, some people might be a little embittered by not having things work out the way they thought when they were a younger person. I mean, he's seems very optimistic about uh, Ford Motor Company. And of course, he's got his son working there and, um, you know, continues to be an important shareholder. And uh, But with all the technological changes, he sounded you know, very, very upbeat. He's very excited about what's coming, especially the F-150 Lightning. He talked about the reception to that is unlike anything he expected. And you have to take a note that this is a guy who has motor oil in his blood, essentially. This is old school racing titan of industry type that, you know, you, you don't know how they would take to a future of EVs and driverless cars or, or these different sales models that are popping up. And but he seems very bullish on the future. He thinks Ford is positioned very well. Uh, he's obviously had a say about that as a board member all these years, make those sure. tough decisions, those big decisions. But he's happy with where the company's at. And he, he mentioned the stock price during the interview. And that's long been a, a headache for the Ford family. And, but the past year or so, things have been on an upward trajectory there. Here's another clip from Edsel Ford. I love the car industry. It's been great to me. Um, I feel like I've, I've been a good steward of it. Um, and, you know, I'll never forget it. Well, Michael, thank you so much uh, for, for doing the story and, and for coming to Daily Drive and, and talking about it. Thanks for having me. This was great. That's Daily Drive for July 13, 2021. I'd like to thank Tom Warbeck for the audio of Edsel Ford and thanks to producer Eric Jones for producing the show. For the latest news on the auto industry, type in autonews.com. And for a complete catalog of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. Thanks.